Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Once Upon a Phrase. I am your host, Jason. And your other host, Lisa. And before we get started, just a reminder to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. Don't forget, after you listen to this episode, to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with our weekly content. Great. Now that we got that out of the way, today's episode is something near and dear to both of our hearts. As we got ready for the Super Bowl, we did what most people do. Well, what we do at least, and that is strategically plan the menu, which got us thinking how many phrases are related to food. Yes, we, through our research, figured out there was a lot of phrases related to food that we did not realize existed. Yeah, and I remember saying something last week about how there was like an endless amount of phrases related to animals. It's probably even more related to food, actually, so it'll be interesting. Lisa, why don't you get us started? All right, so our first once upon a phrase is, it's a lemon. Have you heard that one before? Oh, yeah, I've heard about this one, and I've bought this one before, too. (laughs) So for all of our listeners out there, um, a lemon refers to something being, like, substandard or inferior. So, kind of crappy. A dud. Yep. You'll have to tell our listeners at some point how, how well you know getting a lemon. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait for the, the right spot to, to ruin their day. <laughs> so one of the possible origins of this term comes from the 1920s. Um, American slang using the word lemon to refer to a loser. Okay, I, I've probably called a ton of people loser in my day. Uh, don't, don't hold that against me. But I don't think I've ever called a person a lemon yeah i've really never heard of it used in that um way at all but okay so fast forward for us where do we where do we get the more common meaning of it so another possible one um was that it was british pool hall slang referring to a game being a lemon game if it was a pool game played by someone who hustled you okay so this one i should know i've spent quite a few uh, nights in the pool hall. I've never been able to hustle anybody. I'm not that good, but between my brother and my cousin, um, I've seen people get hustled. We used to play for drinks, and the longer we play, the more we drink, the better they got. <laughs> but again, never called it anything a lemon game. Yeah, it's a British slang term. I don't necessarily think it made its way to America, but um, it just makes you, f- the phrase and being hustled in a pool game Kind of makes you feel you were taking advantage of. You were duped in some way. That makes sense. So, the more common use of the word, it's a lemon, is referring to a car. All right, so this is the one I know. (laughs) I just recently finally owned a a nice car. um, But the other five before this, all lemons. You've definitely had your share. I've, I've I've seen them through most of them. She's being nice now. But she's not telling you that one time I bought a car without a back window. Um, to add to that, he decided to be suave. That's that probably that same week, and it had a it was a convertible too. So he was gonna take me out on a ride. He put the convertible top down, and it wouldn't go back up. Actually, it didn't even make its way all the way down. It got stuck in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> it's a thought that counts, babe. Whatever, young and dumb, we all bought crappy cars. So a lemon um, became 
something that was used to refer to a car that wasn't what it was supposed to be. You might have bought a shiny brand new car or thought it was a brand new car. And then it kind of on the insides was kind of crappy and kind of didn't hold up. Crappy was right. You had it. You had it the first time. (laughs) So it's interesting how this came to be. It actually kind of became part of our vocabulary through a 1960s Volkswagen ad. Okay. A little before my time. Elaborate. So they had an ad showing the Volkswagen Beetle with the word uh, lemon under it. And then they kind of emphasized how their cars are the opposite of that because of their 150-point inspection and, you know, all the rigorous testing that their cars go through to ensure that they will not be selling someone a lemon. Okay, so this is interesting. This reminds me of uh, a couple episodes ago when we were talking, or actually on the last episode with the Don't Have a Cow, um, how Bart Simpson kind of made that famous. Right. It's interesting sometimes that we have phrases and words that everybody uses and everybody knows. It's common. But it's not till it makes its way into media. It could be in books, you know, in things like that. But mainstream media seems to really set this off. So Volkswagen, you know, it maybe did for the word lemon what Bart Simpson did for don't have a cow. Yeah, and their little phrase on their ad was, we pluck the lemons, you get the plums. Like, we get rid of the lemons. Oh, no, I got it. it you guys can't see because we're on podcast. But I had a very confused look on my face. Are plums good? I don't. I guess. Are, are plums the opposite of lemons? <laughs> Do fruits have opposites? Guys, I'm very confused right now. You, you know what? Whatever it was, the advertising worked. It got the name kind of floating around. Um, and it went a little farther after this. So from this commercial, people started referring to their crappy cars as lemons. So this one consumer in the in the in a district in Kentucky sorry not Kentucky Connecticut started complaining that the car he had bought for seven thousand dollars from someone started to malfunction and that none of the warranties were covering what was wrong so he was kind of complaining about it and it kind of gained some momentum as other people started coming forward and complaining that they had been duped by getting a car that Wait a minute. Are you telling me warranties aren't as foolproof as they sound? Oh, I wish. Yeah. The one time we bought a warranty, it wasn't for a car, but it hasn't done us justice. Yeah. On, you know, completely unrelated topic. If anybody listening knows how to repair dishwashers, um, please message us because the warranty isn't doing anything for me right now. <laughs> we have all the parts, you know. We, we, we got to, can dishwashers be lemons? <laughs> I think we bought a dishwasher lemon. I definitely agree. So um, this gained momentum, and in 1882, uh, John J. Woodcock III in Kentucky was the first, um, they were the first state. Really quick, just to clear. Did you say 1882? I meant 1982. (laughs) I was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Oopsies. So in 1982, Connecticut happened to be the first state to pass what's called the Lemon Law. So the Lemon Law refers to a new vehicle that is purchased or purchased or leased and that does not conform to the manufacturer's express warranty. Okay. So I like that because there's nothing that makes a word or phrase, you know, more permanent than making it a law. 
I feel like there's levels of, you know, there's levels of this. And, I mean, once you're in the, once you're a law, I mean, you're on the books forever, right? Yeah, I mean, is it, it's on paper somewhere in some, in some many states, right? courthouse. So it becomes a term that's kind of used universally to refer to when you get kind of duped by a crappy car. Okay. Yeah, I like that. There's, there's a lot to be said for, you know, using something as simple as a lemon. And it probably has a lot to do with the, the way the fruit is itself, right? I mean, I mean, it's appealing on the outside. It's bright. It's yellow. It's smooth to the, to the most part. But on the inside. Shiny, yeah. Oh, well, not so much on the inside. I wouldn't know, but. Yeah, we could probably, for all of our listeners, uh, Jason cannot taste lemon or limes in his food. It's not true. I can taste it. There just needs to be a lot of it. Uh, to the point where it's too much for the average person. Okay, Did so. you ever think maybe you're not average? No, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. Okay. <laughs> All right, what's our next phrase? All right, guys. Uh, our next once upon a phrase is kind of a combination of phrases. I picked one, and then in doing my research, realized that there are a bunch that mean the same things or similar. Uh, the phrase is piece of cake. You'll probably have heard some variation of that. You know, it was a piece of cake. Um, this is a cakewalk. Or for some reason, cake and pie are used interchangeably. So you might have also heard the phrase, you know, it's easy as pie. Um, Lisa, any of this ringing a bell? Um, not that I've heard the easy as pie less often. I've definitely used the word piece of cake with my fourth graders. When I give them a quiz and they finish, I'm like, that was a piece of cake, right? And even though a lot of them, I have a lot of English language learners, they seem to learn know that phrase for some reason. Like, it seems to be more of a commonly known phrase amongst people. Okay, so I think I know why it's very common. If you think back to, you know, the old times, bakeries were a lot more prevalent than they are now. Um, I don't know. Lisa, when was the last time you went to a bakery for anything? Uh, if you ask me in about a week, I'll say I was just there to get my punchkis for Fat Tuesday. But as of now, eh, no, I get most of my stuff at the grocery store. Yeah, and it's if you're at a bakery, it's special occasion. Right. right. But, you know, back in the day, bakeries were for everything, for pastries, for bread, you know. For, I mean, the bakery was the spot, you know. So bakers had a big influence, and you, you, I, you see this in – Episode two, when we talk about the baker's dozen, how they even pass laws based on what some of the bakeries were doing. But anyway, so in these bakeries, you know, the baker was expected to know a lot of stuff. And it got to the point where you would, you know, think something like a cake would be hard. I know now we have very difficult cakes and designs and, you know, you're decorating and all that. But for a baker, baking a cake is easy. I think just, the, I mean, it's basic ingredients. Yeah. I mean, even when we get cake mix from the store, it's just a basic few ingredients. I mean, obviously, the decorative of a cake can become complicated. Yeah, but the cake, actual baking of the cake correct. is easy. So um, when they would use the phrase, oh, it's a piece of cake, there's some that believe this is just referring to how easy it is for a baker to bake a cake. I mean, it's, it's, it's elementary to them, you know? That makes sense. And I think anyone who's ever... Honestly, if you've ever baked a cake, 
I mean, despite the decorating of it, I mean, the process is quite Simple. straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, one of the ideas behind it. But the other one, which is kind of why I think maybe you'd mentioned, like, even a lot of your English language learners know what this is. Um, there are some people that look at it from the other side of the counter and that eating a cake or a pie is easy because they're so delicious. You know what I mean? Right. It goes out much easier than trying to get your kid to eat or anyone to eat vegetables or sure, something like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. So you, the eating cake or pie is easy. So when you say something, oh, that's easy as pie or that's a piece of cake, you're acknowledging that that's as easy to do as it would be to eat a piece of cake, you know? Um, Full disclosure, uh, cake is gross. <laughs> I just... Our our son doesn't like cake either. And I everyone blames Jason for it. Definitely just I don't happened. know I don't know if that's something you could pass down genetically, <laughs> but I'm glad he got it. I love pie. Um, so piece of cake uh, never really resonated with me. So you'd use easy as pie then. That yes. that resonates with you a little yes. more. Okay. So um, those are the fun ones. And then this one kind of takes a dark turn. Oh, boy. Yeah, so there was something in the 1800s known as the cakewalk. And we even use that phrase now. Oh, it was, it was a cakewalk. But in the 1800s, this phrase was used a lot in the South. And slave masters would compete against other slave masters. And their slaves were expected to walk, talk, and act like them. And they would sort of pin their slaves up against the other slaves in a competition. And it was, you know, said that the, the winner, right, the owner that had the slaves who could walk, talk, and act like a white man the best, won. And it was mostly for bragging rights between these slave owners. But, you know, as a reward to the slave for doing such a good job, he got a piece of cake, which is why they were called cakewalks. Mm, I think I'm going to stay with the... Cakes are easy to bake, and they're easy to eat. So I like the fun one a little better. And part of me thinks that that's it. So in doing my research, I didn't find anything definitive that could pin down, you know, the exact place and time that this phrase was, you know, this uh, the exact phrase place and time that this phrase originated from. But I will say this: um, you don't really start to see this phrase come up a lot in print until the late 1800s, early 1900s, and by then slavery was abolished. So either that is a tall tale, or it was one of those things that was said verbally. But never put in print? Yes. Probably that, because it's not something that you want on paper to remember. It's a, maybe, but in the South... In the South, they weren't ashamed of that, so I don't know. But we do see it pop up um, in 1936... Um, it even comes up in some Shakespeare um, pieces. Not not the phrase, but just the idea that um, cake is delicious or it's it's easy like making a cake or some variation of that. So we've seen that phrase uh, come up in literature, you know, as early as Shakespeare all the way up until 1936 um, in a book called Ogden Nash's Promise Path. So, you know, it's there. It's popping up, but... Um, Ideally, you know, you want to take the idea that the baker uh, was the one that made this phrase relevant. So, uh, Lisa, get us out of this funk. What's your, what's your phrase? 
All right. Our third once upon a phrase is spill the beans. Do you know what this one means? Oh, yeah. To spill the beans. This is, this is, everybody uses this. Am I weird? Everybody uses this, right? I think, I, I, and I also think every I think everyone has that one person in their life that tends to spill the beans. You know, you can't tell him or her something because they're gonna spill the beans. Oh yeah, one of my best friends. I know he he listens to the podcast every week. Uh, I'm not naming names, but it's you, okay? <laughs> um, and I know he he's probably gonna text. He texts me after he listens all the time. He's my biggest critique, by the way. Um, if you'll notice every podcast, we try to get a little bit better, whether it's be, you know, with our presentation, our flow, um, our sound. I know there were some issues with the last one, um, in the sound quality, but it's that buddy of mine that lets me know the things I can improve on, which I appreciate, but he's also the one that spills the beans. All right, so for those of our listeners, uh, to spill the beans means to kind of gossip or reveal something that was meant to be private. So this dates back to ancient Greece. Um, when they would want to vote anonymously on something, they would use beans. And they would use the white beans to vote positively and the black beans to vote negatively or against something. And they'd put them in a jar. And if someone spilled the beans, it would ruin the vote prematurely. Oh, yeah, because they would let the secret out of the bag. You right. Could, you could, and if you spill the jar, you could see how many white beans, how many yep, black beans. Yeah, you can kind of get an idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is amazing how many things go back to the ancient Greeks. That's uh, either we're giving them a lot more credit than they deserve, or they really did come up with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean... They were a civilization for a long period of time. They had to make things work. And I am i can almost guarantee a lot of this stuff probably can date back to, like, ancient Greece, ancient Rome. Yeah, I, I do this with my students. We always talk about the ancient Greeks and the Romans and, you know, and then they're always shocked because I spend, you know, a good chunk of the year talking about everything we got from them. And then all of fourth quarter, we do Mesoamerica. And they learn about the Aztecs and the Mayans and the Incas and realize that a lot of the things that we give credit for the to the Greeks, they, you know, they were doing in Mesoamerica either at the same time or before, um, but neither here nor there. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so then in the 1600s, um, the word itself spill meant to talk and beans meant information. So in the 1600s, they didn't use the phrase spill the beans, but they would use those two words to kind of refer to talking about something or beans being information. Okay. Um, and then another thing I found, which is I'm not sure that it makes the, if the origin really kind of follows this in sports, but um, in the early 1900s, they would use uh, a similar way of the similar phrase um, referring to beans were spilled. So not spill the beans, but beans were spilled, pretty much meaning the same thing. Um, but in horse racing and baseball, they would use that phrase to refer to like an upset. In a game. Okay, so th- this one, this one gets me because I'm, I mean, I'm one of the biggest sports junkies I know. Um, I love baseball. I love horse racing. I love all the other ones too. And I don't think I've ever heard this. I mean, it was the early 1900s. As far as I know, unless you're a vampire or something, I don't think you were alive then. So maybe the broadcasters changed the words they used. 
I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, to be clear, I am not a vampire. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I would have remembered this or I would have heard of some. I consume enough sports content that at some point this would have gotten brought up and I felt like it would have sunk in. Yeah, this this might have been something that, you know, a few people may have used in conversation to discuss the game. But I don't know. So obviously it didn't gain momentum to be used in modern day. So I don't think it stuck. Okay, so what did stick? So the phrase that we use today, meaning to gossip, to kind of tell something private that was supposed to be meant to be private. Okay, so I don't, I don't know that people are still saying this though, right? There's got to be... I think the older crowd, like our parents, would use spilled beans. But I think, um, like, our daughter and probably our middle school students, I definitely see different term, a different term being used, like, in social media and on TV now. Okay, yeah, because this is, this is something that seems to have stood the test of time but has evolved. Because now, instead of saying spill the beans, it's, what is it now, the, the tea or something? Spill the tea, yes. Okay. So it means the same thing. I say that with question marks because I'm not always sure on what the new hip lingo is. Oh, neither do I. And my fourth graders don't either. My fourth graders, it's funny because whenever they hear a phrase, they usually hear it from an older student in school or an older sibling and they try to use it. And I hear. Probably using it wrong. Oh, 100%. They try to use it with their friends. And I just kind of give them a look. I was like, I'm just going to figure this out, figure it out on their own. But. All right. So, so talk about to spill the tea. Where do we get that from? So that um, was seen as early as the 1990s in drag culture. And it was, uh, T was short for truth. Oh, not like the T-E-A, not like drinking tea? Not initially, no. Okay. So how do we get from that to tea? Unless when the kids say it, do they mean to spill the tea, like the letter T? Or are they saying T-E-A? Well, so it was seen in print um, in a book called The Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. And the exact phrase is, my tea, my thing, my business, what's going on in my life. And my tea was short for my truth. So it's the first time it was seen in print, um, referring to it as my tea, just the letter T. But it's always referred to truth. Um, but just like a lot of things, social media gets a hold of things and they kind of make it into its own. Have you seen that Kermit meme? Oh, yeah, where he's drinking the tea in the little teacup. Um, yeah, so they kind of took tea meaning truth and kind of made it a little more interesting by making tea, T-E-A. So I wonder how many people know that, that they'll say, oh, spill the tea, and they're, in their mind, they're thinking the beverage tea, but it's actually the letter T. Yeah, it was short for truth, yeah. And, and then the Kermit meme comes along. By the way, the amount of memes Kermit the Frog has, ridiculous. <laughs> Just when you said that, I ran through at least three or four in my head. Yeah, this this has also popularized the phrase on uh, the show RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. I, I, I haven't seen it, but I do know that whenever, you know, anything like that, fashion or media mm-hmm. or one of those reality shows gets a hold of something, just skyrockets from there. Yep. So I think it's just interesting. It's one of those phrases that have just evolved over time to kind of meet the needs of the population today. But even if I said, oh, spill the beans to a younger person, I do think they would still know what I'm talking about. And I I don't know if that's because they can 
you know, relate it to spill the tea, or if just even as a young person, they've heard it. Even if they're not saying it, they know what it means. I definitely think, because honestly, when I, I was watching some reality TV show, I'm not sure which one at this point, but I remember them saying, give the, me... Is this because the amount of garbage reality TV show you watch is so large that you can't distinguish between them anymore? No, I just have one. Just Jersey Shore. I've been a fan since the beginning, but that's near here nor there. Um, but I remember them saying, like, give me the tea. And I was honestly, it's not like an old person, but I was quite confused. I'm like, what? Like, I was able to, with context clues figured out, but I didn't understand, like, why are they asking for that? It didn't make sense to me. I would understand spill the beans a little more, but now I know why. All right, so take us home, Jason. What do we got? Okay, so our final once upon a phrase is to be as cool as a cucumber. <laughs> Lisa, are you as cool as a cucumber? No, but I think if we looked up She's the word. She's not lying. She's not. <laughs> I think if we looked up the, that phrase in the dictionary, it would be your picture next to it. That's for sure. I'm going to take that as a compliment because I really do think I'm as cool as a cucumber sometimes. I, I think it's, it's a compliment most of the time. But the fact that you don't freak out in chaos like the uh, like most people would is a little alarming. But, you know, I'm glad one of us is chill. I'm sorry. Did you mean cool one as of a us? Cucumber. There it is. Cool <laughs> as a cucumber. Um, so I chose this phrase. I, I wanted to do a deep dive into this because I think it's just weird. Like, what in the heck is cool about a cucumber? You know, so with, during my research, I realized that, again, it's sort of a play on words. Cool, um, it's being used as a homonym here. So cool as in, you know, suave or chill. Um, but then also cool as in temperature-wise. And then, of course, it got a little sciency on me. And I realized that cucumbers themselves on the inside are always about 20 degrees cooler than they are on the outside. So, total side note, but in doing our research for this, obviously, I saw which one he was looking up, and we had rehearsed this. So, we have cucumbers with our lunch every day, and as I'm eating, I'm warming up my food, and because the cucumbers are so cold, I put them on my hot lid from the microwave, hoping that it kind of brings them up to a normal temperature, and the inside of it is still cold. Would you say it's about 20 degrees colder? I had my thermometer, <laughs> sure. But as I was eating it today, I remember texting him, texting Jason. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't help but think about this phrase as I'm eating these cucumbers. Yeah. So thanks for that. Well, you know, I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, so so the insides are always about 20, de 20 degrees cooler. And it has something to do with the water content. There's a lot of water in cucumbers. Okay. So it keeps them much cooler, and they're very refreshing. There's cucumber water and... Probably uh, you put them on your eyes when you go to like the spa. I've, I've never been, but when you go to the spa, you put them on your eyes. Probably to get rid of the puffiness, I assume, ladies. Yeah, I would imagine that has something to do with the water content in cucumbers. But uh, there's even that Gatorade cucumber flavor. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's refreshing. It's light. It's because of the water and it's because of their temperature. And they are always cooler than the environment around them. So when you're chill and you're acting, you know, calm and there's chaos as around you and you're you know you're not letting it get to get to you you're as cool as a cucumber <laughs> um, i wonder how that 
like I know obviously the science part of it, they're just colder because of the water content. How it became used as a phrase that we use to refer to being calm and chill about things. So uh, it it goes to the word cool. They're, they're, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they're using it as a homonym here. Um, and this was just, you know, at the beginning of the 20th century and things were cool and you kind of get into that 1920s jazz age. Okay. They were just relating things. And, you know, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you go to episode two with 1920s slang and things like the cat's pajamas and the bee's knees. Um, they like to just relate things to animals or inanimate objects, you know. So to be cool, you could be a cat, a cool cat. You could be a cucumber, you know. It was whatever. They just, they, they were really fun with the language back then. Okay, I like that. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. Um, if you have any suggestions for phrases that are just on your mind and you can't pin down, um, please go to the Instagram page at Once Upon a Phrase. Uh, you know, hit us with a direct message or you know comment on any of the posts we do, or you know message us, uh, you know text or Facebook, whatever. If you know us personally, but we are always taking suggestions for new phrases to put on the podcast. All right, and don't forget after you listen to this episode to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't done so yet so you don't miss out on our weekly content. All right, everyone. Enjoy your week and stay as cool as a cucumber. (laughs) See you next week.